0: This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. The Milwaukee Bucks are climbing up the odds charts and are now the favorites to win the NBA championship. But should they be the favorites to win the championship even after getting damage? It's Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Series XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. Chris Carlin. Joseph Fortenbaugh, huge deal. Just as we were uh, spending some time in our final hour of the show yesterday to discuss the Dame Lillard trade to the Milwaukee Bucks, as it came up, and it was—it's always awesome to have breaking news during the show. But then you have a day, Joe, to kind of sit back and evaluate uh, what it all meant. And nothing of my opinion has changed. The Milwaukee Bucks. Making this trade did so many good things with just one move. Good morning. Are they the best team in the NBA? That will be the discussion because in the eyes
1: of Las Vegas, which we like to use on this show as a barometer for how rankings and structures take place, because let's be honest, if these guys are wrong, they get fired because they lose a lot of money. And right now they are telling you, That the Milwaukee Bucks are projected to win the most games in the regular season this year. Their win total, 54 and a half. So you can bet over or under 54 and a half wins. That's the most of any team in the NBA. It obviously jumped up quite a bit after we saw the trade to acquire Damian Lillard. In addition, they were plus 850 to win the title, which means a $100 wager would return $850 in profit. That was basically cut in half. From plus 850 wow. to plus 400. They became the favorites to win the championship. They became the favorites in the East, surging past the Boston Celtics. They surged past the Nuggets as the favorites to win the entire thing. So here we are. This is the world we're living in now. No more Drew Holiday in Milwaukee. No more Grayson Allen in Milwaukee. Damian Lillard has joined the team, and they are, in the eyes of Las Vegas, priced is the best team in the NBA.
0: Do you agree with that assessment? I do. I do right now, and I put them slightly ahead of the Denver Nuggets, and maybe it's just recency bias with the trade uh, and where Dame Lillard was going to end up uh, with all the speculation over the last several weeks. i got to be honest, up until it really happened, I never really considered Milwaukee in all of this, but dear God, what an amazing spot for him, and I don't know how you can look at it otherwise. Um, If you want to tell me that Jokic and Murray are a better duo than Dame and Giannis. Good for you. Uh, Jokic is an amazing player. I like Jamal Murray an awful lot. Dame Lillard has been yearning for this, the opportunity to show everything he can do on the biggest stage here for a few years since uh, Portland was last in the playoffs. I think this is an incredible combination. And then you add in everything else that they have around him with Chris Middleton with good shooters on the outside like Pat Connaughton, with a rim protector to a degree like Brooke Lopez, uh, I look at it and I just see a team that is structured nearly flawlessly to win a championship outside of maybe taking a little bit of a hit defensively. I still like the Celtics. I still really? like the
1: Celtics here. Yeah, I do. I do. And it's not so much a knock on, on Milwaukee. I'm not going to give
0: you some. You're that non- high on the Porzingis deal.
1: I like I like the I like everything Boston brings to the table and I like the fact that Joe Missoula now has a year under his belt with a deep playoff run. He made a lot of mistakes in that playoff run, a lot of mistakes, but that's okay because he was a rookie head coach. So go get it out of your system. I'm not worried about last year. I'm worried about moving forward, and I still think that team has so much to offer. Tatum. Brown, people will laugh at the Brown contract. Fine, He's still a good player. He's still a very good player. Is he worth what they're paying him? Yes, because that's what the market dictates. But should he be the highest paid or however people want to slice it? That's an argument for somewhere else. He can play. Tatum can play. You bring in Porzingis, and your three big men between he, Horford, and Robert Williams give you so much versatility with who you can put on the court, how you can put them on the court, when you need stops, when you need scoring. You still have Derek White. Malcolm Brogdon's coming back healthy, although we'll see how that plays out. You lose Marcus Smart. That's a hit, but that's what it took to get Porzingis. I still think that's the best team in the East, and it's not going to be based on some take that I think Lillard's over the hill or Giannis is overrated. Bucks are solid. But the yeah. Bucs are trotting out a rookie head coach as well, right? So all things laid out. I like the pricing on Boston, 5-1, to one, essentially to win. I believe it's the title. I'd be looking it more is. at them in the East to take out the Bucks. I-, I would rank Boston number one, but I understand my Milwaukee is where they are.
0: Look, I understand everybody being high on the Celtics. I love the Porzingis move for them. But then there's the concerns about Marcus Smart, and we'll get to that in a minute. But there's something even a little bit more important here that Milwaukee did. They changed the entire Eastern Conference, not just in getting Lillard, but in securing Giannis. I fully believe this will keep him there for the long term. Now, if he waits until next year. We won't get into the weeds, but he gets an eight, extra $80 million if he chooses to sign after this coming season as opposed to signing his extension right now. So that's what I would expect to happen. But it's Giannis, just a drop in the bucket. That's not. That, I don't think $80 million is going to factor into this at all. <laughs> well, Giannis <laughs> isn't going anywhere, baby. Giannis is staying put. You're and convinced. The, the, absolutely. And the biggest factor here is not only is he staying in Milwaukee, He's not going to Miami. He's not going to New York, which were two places that I know for a fact were absolutely knocking on that door. We're thinking about that in the future. And these are, not coincidentally, two franchises that have really come up empty when it comes to getting the superstar player to show up there. And yet again, they will be left out in the cold. So perhaps the biggest factor for Milwaukee is going to be keeping Giannis for the long term, as opposed to just getting Lillard, just having a chance to win a championship this year. I think that duo's got a couple of good years in front of them. I haven't heard anyone pitch the idea of whether or not there
1: might not be matrimonial bliss between the two. Not suggesting there won't be, but I think it's just understood. And I think we we haven't even dug dug into it. The idea that... You know, Lillard now in Milwaukee. We've only ever seen Damian Lillard in one place, Portland. Yeah. So now he's going to the Eastern Conference. He's going to Milwaukee. First time in his career, it's not his team. This is Giannis's team. It's not his team. So mm-hmm. he's going to be the second fiddle on this squad. And I'm not saying he can't handle that or anything. I'm not suggesting any of it. But no one has even considered the idea that there could be a couple issues here. Maybe. I think a lot of well, people are like you. This where is would they secured- be, though? What's that? Where would they be? What Where if you don't come out being? winning? What if you don't? Th- this team right now is championship or bust. All right? They have now assumed that mantle that we saw with the New York Jets. Rodgers comes in. You can downplay, oh, you know, we're just trying to build. You know, this is going to be a long-term process. No, it's not. You make a move like this. If you don't win the title, it is a disappointment. It's a disappointment for everyone to not win the title,
0: right? See, Only one thing. you think if they can don't do win it. a title, the, even if they're in the mix, that that's not going to be enough to keep – one or both of them happy. That Giannis could still decide he wants out. Or that, that is Lillard's not, what I not said. happy there.
1: That is not what I said. What I am suggesting is that right now... Say you go out and you win 48 games instead of 55. Mm. Say you find yourself as a three seed. Say the new rookie head coach you have isn't necessarily the type of guy who's capable of leading a team. There are a lot of variables at play here that we're just assuming are going to work out. Rookie head coach is going to do a great job. Dame Lillard's going to be fine as a number two seed. He's going to love the city of Milwaukee. Giannis and him are going to work together great. Offense was never really the problem for the Bucs during the regular season. Right. They've always been a good offensive team. They've got more scoring now, and this is going to be big for them in the playoffs. But if they stumble a bit, if they have some injuries and they get into the postseason and they bow out in the second round or so, are we just assuming Giannis is going to want to come back? There's no
0: guarantee that all of this works to the extent that everyone Um, thinks it is. To the point, though, that there could be an issue or two here. We have seen Dame through this process really not want to be the guy that ruffles any feathers. We have seen that like all along. He comes out and he says, I'm only going to Miami. Like Dame has always been the good guy up in Portland. And he says that, but he doesn't even really stick to it. Like I'm going to Milwaukee. Uh, you know what? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I'm getting into a better situation here. So to me, Dame is a guy that is going to go along to get along and I certainly think he'll recognize it's Giannis's team. I think he'll do everything he can to make sure that he and Giannis are on the same page. I'd be stunned if they weren't. Stunned. I I I think it's more. It favors your camp much more so
1: than the alternative. I think mm. it's more likely than not that things uh, are harmonious, that they're working together, and that this works out well. It's just worth revisiting. That once you become the favorite, the top of the mountain, that everyone is now ranked beneath you, it's worth contemplating the idea that we see big moves all the time happen in the NBA. And we go crazy for them. We thought that triumvirate in Brooklyn was going to be fantastic. They achieved Nothing. We thought the Phoenix Suns were going to light the world on fire last year. They did nothing. They beat a Clipper team in the opening round that was out without its two stars, and then they got waxed by the Denver Nuggets. A lot of times it comes down to continuity, persistence, depth. That's what Denver showed us last year. That is something that is very important for a deep playoff run. You can win a bunch of regular season games and get into the playoffs by assume, by assembling a bunch of stars together. We've seen that. But if you want to compete for the championship, if you want to be at the highest level, there's a lot that comes into play. People scoff at the notion, but look at Denver. It took them time. They were consistent and they got there. Just saying that when we throw stars together,
0: okay, but- it, it it often works out far less than it does more. Okay, but on the flip side of that, I mean, come on. Dame and Giannis, personality-wise, are not KD, Kyrie, and James Harden. Like, that, that's, this is not going to be that kind of a debacle because you have more what was the narrative
1: the when it started?
0: No one talked about that when they all got together. Everyone said,
1: man, this team's going to be tough to but beat. we knew
0: they were all a little bit cuckoo. A yeah, little in a different bit
1: different ways. It was we all more knew that more people were on that train than were off it. We're off it now because we've seen so much of it. I'm just saying, it's you put big stars together. We always
0: just assume it's going to have these great results. A lot of times it does not. A lot of times it does not. I tell you what, it takes a special situation to make James Harden the voice of reason, and he couldn't get out of there fast enough. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. It was something else, man. I don't expect this to be the same in Milwaukee. And there is more to get to on this, including your point on Boston, because there is a move that Boston could make right now that puts them right back in the mix that very much comes out of this trade. To me, not right back in the mix, I should say, even more so on that top level with Milwaukee. It's Carlin vs. Joe ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. I want to remind you that you need to be a part of the Carlin vs. Joe Nation on Dr. Pepper's call-in line, 888-SAY-ESPN 888-729-3776 ESPN ESPN Nation, presented by Dr. Pepper. It's not college football season. Without the delicious taste of an ice-cold Dr. Pepper, the one fans deserve. Are the Milwaukee Bucks now the favorites, to win the NBA championship? Or would you still side with Phoenix or Boston or anybody else or Denver? We can't forget about the Nuggets, obviously, all in the mix. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Next, the Packers taking a back seat in Milwaukee, thanks to this trade. But for one day, that's going to be the case, and that's it lambo about eight hours from now is going to be lit i think they say carlin versus joe espn radio this is the carlin versus joe podcast on espn radio passion drive and patience the formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive ebay motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle
1: Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. we got a great team coming into our
0: NFC North rival, one of the favorites to win the division this year, and we're going to have to prepare our best and get our guys to go out there and put our best performance on the field. It's a quick turnaround, this a short week. The main thing is everybody getting their body back, make sure they're at 100 going into Thursday. We know we can win out there; we've done it before. But you got to go earn it. It'll be loud, you know. It'll be a tough environment. They're playing good, so here we go. This is an outstanding Thursday night football game. I'm excited for it. It's Carla versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80. My friends from Superchargers, exhaust kits, and more, eBay Motors has over 122 million parts to keep your ride or die alive, even with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It is easy to bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Uh, Joseph, I am very curious to see Jordan Love in this situation tonight. We have all talked about uh, how the Packers, at least so far, have seemingly not missed Aaron Rodgers all that much. Of course, it took uh, coming from behind in a 17 nothing deficit this past week to win 18-17 in the fourth quarter. But with Love in particular, I am really, really intrigued by The fact that you have a quarterback who has sat for a couple of years and now we are starting to see the fruits of it. And I think there is something to be said for that when you realize that's the same thing that happened to Aaron Rodgers and for Jordan Love, it could have ended up being the best thing that could have happened to him. He's played
1: pretty well so far this season through three games. They have the big comeback win in the home debut last week against the Saints. That shows moxie. Right? Yeah. Like there are a lot of guys that can put up stats but can't come through in those spots. Kirk Cousins gets banged on for that a lot. Love made, a big Love made some big plays in that game. All right. Week one, they hammered the Bears. That doesn't look as impressive right now, given what we know about Chicago. But it's a nice big road win that deserves credit. And then they lost a tight road game in Atlanta against the Falcons, who are somewhat formidable this year. You know, you look at Love's quarterback rating. It's better than Dak Prescott, Josh Allen, Deshaun Watson, Mac Jones, Trevor Lawrence. It's a better QB rating than Jalen Hurts right now. Jimmy Garoppolo. He's having a pretty strong season. You can look at the fact that he's only completed 53% of his passes. A little shaky, but he has been willing to push the ball down the field, which I think you got to like. A young quarterback might have the tendency to check it down, throw the swing pass, the screen, the intermediate crossing routes. Love's been pushing the ball down the field on a regular basis, which shows some maturity, which shows some poise. So we've got to like that. And in addition, he's been playing relatively well without several key weapons. I mean, let's face facts. He's played three games without his top receiver, Christian Watson, who has yet to play. They think he might play tonight. We're not sure. Aaron Jones, his top running back, has missed two of the three games. The left side of his offensive line is not going to be playing tonight, and Uh they've been banged up throughout the course of the season. So given what this kid has shown us, in the amount of time available with the talent around him that has played and the talent that hasn't played, you got to feel pretty good if you're the Packers at this current moment with the
0: direction you're heading with Jordan Lovett quarterback. You mentioned the poise and, and the fact that he is not afraid to push it down the field a little bit, and he has been calm in... Big moments so far. Here he is addressing that very topic this week. I'm not sure what I would do
1: different. I think just continue to rally the guys, continue to get everybody going, get everybody on the same page, um, and just kind of lift everybody up. But uh, no, I, th- I feel like you guys stay calm in those situations because uh, I mean, if you're if you're rattled and you know kind of flustered with how the game's going, you know, it's just going to lead to maybe you missing some opportunities in the game and, and missing some reads, and things like that. So I'm just trying to stay as calm and poised and just go back to the fundamentals, block into all the plays and my reads. And things like that, and just just keep going, keep taking one play at a time. I,
0: I am concerned that this becomes the Aiden Hutchinson game for him because of the left side of that offensive line. Like, this could be a night where Hutchinson absolutely feasts on what's going on there.
1: It's a night where Hutchinson should feast. Not could feast, should feast. You're supposed to be the top pass rusher on the team. They drafted you, what, number two overall for a reason. These are the games where you should eat. These are the games for Detroit. We'll talk about this throughout the show. You got to come in here and win this game if you Mm. want us to take you seriously. But if you're Green Bay, you have got a golden opportunity here if you can tailor the game plan properly. Detroit currently a two-point favorite on your home field. Keep in mind, and this involves Aaron Rodgers, obviously, but Green Bay's twenty-eight and four at home against Detroit over their last thirty-two home games. Think about that, twenty-eight and four. Now they lost the last one out, which was week eighteen last season, but there's a history here of Green Bay owning this Lions team. Maybe it's a new era. On top of that, Matt LaFleur with Green Bay as an underdog, sixteen and four against the spread, thirteen and seven outright. 20 times Matt LaFleur has been an underdog. He's won 13 of those games outright. He's a good coach. I don't think he gets as much credit as he deserves because a lot of people felt it was Rodgers and not him, but he's showing right now that he's capable of winning without Aaron Rodgers. So tonight, you're going to have to tailor this game plan very specifically because Detroit's coming after you. That Detroit defense looked very good last week against Atlanta. I know it was only Desmond Ritter, but they shut them down. And in week one, they looked very good against Kansas City. The question is week two. What the hell happened there? You had 10 weeks to get 10 days to get ready for your home opener. Seattle came in, beat you in overtime, hung damn near 40 on you, and DK Metcalf got hurt in that game, and both Seattle offense tackles did not play in that game. That game stands out to me. That's where it's, it's tough for me to figure out this Lions team, Carlo. Yeah. I want to believe it's a new era, but how do you let something like that happen? Seattle's
0: good, but are they great? Well, I, look, I'm trying to figure out exactly what the Lions are. I, and when I say that, I mean, are they a team that's just going to ride the roller coaster? They're going to show up for the nights like tonight, the nights like opening night in Kansas city, But then they have trouble and end up playing down to their competition. And not that Seattle's bad, as you just illustrated, they're not. But are the Lions that team that is ready to be consistent? Because we have seen before that may not be the case, not just this year. Last year in the stretch where they are rolling, they go and they lose to the Jets. Or they, excuse me. They beat the Jets and then lose the following week and end up in a in a bad situation. The last two weeks of the year, and that and was in Carolina. It was the Carolina. Sorry to interrupt. Well, by I the way, to give you that though. Yeah, no, thank you. And by the way, they have Carolina next week. So if they go on to win tonight, I'll be very interested to see what they do next week with it. Now, does this seem out of whack to you? Because I just went and looked at it, and it seems a little out of whack to me. The Lions right now are the fourth favorite to win the NFC okay. behind San Francisco, the Eagles and the Cowboys. The Green Bay Packers are seventh to win the NFC. They're behind the Saints right now and the Atlanta Falcons, actually tied with the Falcons at plus 1700. Really? I, I mean, that feels like it's a little bit of disrespect to the Packers. It it does. I would
1: say that the main reason for that isn't so much that New Orleans or Atlanta is viewed as better than them. It's viewed as New Orleans or Atlanta has a better path to winning their division. Right. And I think that's why their price is cheaper. Green Bay is viewed as inferior to Detroit. And if Detroit wins the division, that means you at best will be a wild card and you'd be playing every weekend in the playoffs on the road. However, if you're New Orleans... Even if you're inferior to Green Bay, which I think you are, and you go out and win your division, which is a soft division, you end up in a situation where you're at least hosting one playoff game. So it factors that in as well. I would not use that as a barometer as to which team is better. It's mostly about the path
0: and the opportunity these teams have in front of them. I tell you what, Wisconsin, the place to be right now. Dame to the Bucs, you got Packers, Lions tonight, you got cheese curds. You ever had cheese curds? Yeah, I
1: was up in uh, Madison for a wedding a few years ago, maybe yeah. eight, eight or so years ago, ten years ago. Great time. First thing I had was cheese curds. Loved everything about Madison. I was there in the summer. Oh it God. was gorgeous.
0: Yeah. yeah. I'm going up there next week uh, for Rutgers, Wisconsin, next weekend. Mm. And the cheese curds, like I was a little bit skeptical going in. I mean, those are like little mini mozzarella sticks. They're amazing. That's how you view them, the mini mozzarella sticks? Well, I mean, they, they're almost better Because I'm one that feels like mozzarella sticks can really go either way. You could get somebody who takes them out of the freezer, throws them into the microwave, and I got rock-hard cheese just surrounded by coating. And it's just, you know, you're mailing it in for me. You know, (laughs) give me a real stick. You don't get cheated, at least I haven't yet, with cheese curds. Fair? All right. Yeah, that's fair. Hey, listen,
1: what am I going to do? Am I going to argue with the big man on a food take? Come on. I, 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 I know my I, I know my. Listen, my, I, don't, my I don't
0: claim to be authoritarian on everything. I might argue with you on something gambling-related, and I'm not going to—I would not take offense to you arguing with me on that. Uh, if okay. You might when yeah. start I start to argue gambling. <laughs> No, Joe, you don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> you're Hey, Monday Night Moneymakers, you've got the lead on me right now, so who knows yeah, more about gambling? Yeah, barely. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We head to the center of the sports world on this Thursday in moments. Carlin versus Joe on the ESPN app as well. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.
2: Breaking NBA news, Damian Lillard is on the move. ESPN's Adrian Wojnarowski reports he's been traded to Milwaukee. They get a player who's an absolutely dynamic offensive
1: piece and the concept of Dame Lillard next to Yasinto Cucampo, I'm telling you it's as dynamic of a potential duo as we could have seen.
2: This team
0: is not only favorite of coming out of the Eastern Conference, but this team stay healthy, they're going to win the NBA championship. The last five minutes now, that's all I'm thinking about is cheese curds in, in Wisconsin next week. That's what I'm thinking about. You know what we say around these parts at this time. Mm. Let's get some lunch. Let's get lunch. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm i doing the show next Friday from ESPN Madison. All I'm saying, folks, great station in Madison. Big fella wants to be swimming in them when he walks in the door. Cheese curds right in my face. Get him. Let's
1: are they about. like uh like you go to New York you have several different great pizza joints, Philly several different great cheesesteak joints. Like do you think is that how it works in Wisconsin? Are there different uh cheese curd joints that are ranked above, you know, one another? Uh, like the <laughs> definitive place to get cheese curds is insert name here. Oh, here comes Wilner. Wilner knows about this. What do you got? What?
0: We should ask Yeah. Jen all right. All right. Yeah, maybe
1: we will. Maybe yeah. this is called uh, conversational foreplay and we're working our way to it. How about
0: that? Yeah. The guy's done talk radio before. I don't know if you know that. Let's get Jen Latta in here, of course, of ESPN Wisconsin, of Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. And, of course, you know Jen from College Game Day as well. She's going to be at Duke this week for Notre Dame and Duke. Jen, it's Carlin. It's Joe Fortenbaugh. Are there special places for cheese curds, or is it just kind of across the board? You should be in good shape wherever you go. All right, I think we have an issue with the phone. I
1: think she's had just about enough of this show, and we didn't even get one question in. Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm not here, sure. Guys, Quickest that's... way oh, to run off is. a guest okay. ever. Oh, hey,
2: Can Jen. Can you hear me? I was, I was laughing. I was just saying... Conversational foreplay? Oh, my goodness. Like, we are off to a fantastic start here. Um, Listen, cheese curds vary from person to person, right? Like, every place has cheese curds on their menu here in Wisconsin. And uh, it just depends on who you talk to. Like, I got a spot that's, like, literally a couple miles from my house that I swear are the best fried cheese curds I've ever had in my life, but not everyone loves them. Some people say there's too much cheese. They're too big, which by the way, never too big, but <laughs> I, uh, it's, my, it's my favorite. So, you know what I mean? It's one of those things where you got to try them all and you got to figure out what is the, uh, what is the one that fits your fancy.
0: You know, too much cheese to that. I would say those people are un-American. That's just me, Uh, Jen. (laughs) Let's start with uh, what happened yesterday in the Bucks landing Dame Lillard. Just how surprised was everybody out there that this deal came together as quickly as it did?
2: Well, I I started my show this morning. Jen Gabe and Chewy on ESPN Milwaukee saying, "Holy bleep!" And that wasn't like you know for effect. It was literally what people were sending to each other in text messages. My brother-in-law caught the delivery guy on his ring doorbell getting the notification on his phone as he was dropping a package on the front porch, and the guy goes, I can't believe this just happened, right? That was the reaction from person to person. Here in Wisconsin, it so often feels like, whether we're talking about the Brewers or the Bucks or the Badgers, or not so much the Badgers, maybe sometimes, you know, there was that quarterback out at USC who was flirting with the Badgers at one point Point as well but it always feels like you're in conversation but you don't ever get the big guy you don't ever get the big free agent and so you know we talk about CeCe Sabathia years ago with the Brewers you talk about Reggie White at one point he was obviously a free agent as well but this was a, a the moment when a team in Wisconsin got the guy who had been flirting publicly with another team in your conference, who, oh, by the way, knocked you out of the postseason last year. So I think people were just resigned to the fact that Dame to Miami was a foregone conclusion. And so the reaction was, universally, holy bleep. Can't believe this actually happened.
1: What does this do for the future of Giannis with the organization? Obviously, in terms of him wanting to stay, the percentage increase has jumped, but – You know, we've seen superstar teams before that don't necessarily work out to the extent that we think. Not to say it won't happen here, but if there's a little bit of stumbling, if it doesn't necessarily work the way everyone's envisioning, you know, is Giannis still looking at another city, perhaps?
2: No, it's a really great point. And that's why when we were discussing it, the thought from our camp is he doesn't need to rush to sign use this time this sealing out period see how the relationship goes one of the big key components to the buck's success in recent years guys has been chemistry and how well this team got along and how they understood their roles and there was no ego and so trying to recreate that can be challenging drew holiday as everyone knows one of the best people in the in the league right i mean earning the awards that the teammates vote on and consider one of the best defenders in the league and all of these things people hold him in such high regard and he's a guy that Giannis got along with very well. And so how does Dame fit with him from a personality standpoint? If they, if they lose a few games, how does all of that kind of come together? It's like any other recipe you're putting together. you got to make sure that all of the ingredients work. I think the Bucks are very confident that it will. But it's just that unknown detail. It's that unknown thing that for a long time they've been able to rely on and depend on and not even question. It is a new and, oh, by the way, brand new head coach. Like, we thought that that was going to be the biggest change to this team, to this roster going forward. Well, now it's not only Adrian Griffin, who you know, will be manning the squad, but also the addition of Dame Lillard. So they have to figure out really quickly how to capture that chemistry that they've had with the squad they had.
0: Jen Latta, co-host Jen Gabin-Chewy on ESPN Wisconsin. Of course you know Jen from ESPN as well. And College Game Day this week, Notre Dame and Duke on Saturday. Jen, what has been the feeling among Packer fans as we turn to tonight about Jordan Love so far through three games?
2: So we all went into it, Chris, knowing that this is going to be a learning curve season, that there were going to be bumps in the road. They're very young. In fact, I believe the youngest team in the league. And so you go into it with those sort of expectations. It has really surpassed people's expectations. I mean, to now have a uh, a game against the Lions tonight where your team and their team have the top record in the division, they know this could really matter in the grand scheme of things as the season goes on. I think people are excited about what Jordan Love can do. I think they know that there are things he needs to work on. The uh, deep ball accuracy is obviously something a lot of people have been highlighting, so I'm sure people will be watching that closely, especially as he gets Christian Watson back out there. He's their deep ball threat. He's that young receiver who really can stretch the field for them. But I think what people have really noticed, guys, is his poise, how calm he is, how the moment never seems too big for him. And look. We all can look around the league and we can name quarterbacks who the moment seems too big for, right? I mean, your guy Zach Wilson, the moment seems incredibly big for him. It doesn't seem like he can step to the moment. It doesn't seem like he can handle the responsibilities of that role. But for whatever reason, the way that Jordan has carried himself through all of this, the drama before and now having the weight of the world on his shoulders, that's giving the fans confidence And I think it's given his teammates confidence as well. So that cannot be overstated. Just the way his personality has really got people on his side going forward.
0: Jen, awesome stuff as usual. We appreciate it. Looking forward to college game day this week uh, with Notre Dame and Duke. Thanks again.
2: Grab your tissues, guys. I got one of those patented. Sorry, I'm not sorry. Heavy stories on
0: game day this uh, Saturday morning. Oh, love All it. Right. Love it. All A right. jerker, and it's going to be good stuff. She always delivers on game day. It's Jen Latta with us on ESPN Radio. Of course, it'll be ESPN Wisconsin as well. Jen, Gabe, and Chewy. It is time for one player to take over Thursday night football tonight. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. We turn around this short week, do the main thing is everybody get their body back, make sure they're at 100% going into Thursday. We know we can win out there. We've done it before, but you got to go earn it. It'll be loud. You know, it'll be a tough environment. They're playing good. So here we go. Well, let's call it what it is. It is a true, and I almost hate this phrase, but it is true, a measuring stick game for the Detroit Lions. Have they come as far as we want to believe they have? Have they come as far to be the fourth favorite in the NFC to win the conference? Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM Channel 80, presented by Progressive Insurance. This is a game to me tonight. I have no doubt the Lions can win, should win, and I'm frankly not even that concerned about it from... Their standpoint, because their head coach is somebody that is going to thrive in this kind of an instance. He's going to be as fired up as can as you can imagine uh, to get them ready for a game like this, like he was in Week One in the opener against the Chiefs in Kansas City. It's just, are the Lions going to be a consistent enough team? To me, it's it's go win this game. And then continue to build off that, and when it's a little bit of a drop-off like it will be next week against Carolina, you go and get the job done, Joe.
1: If you want us to take you seriously, these are the types of games you win. All right? It's not going to be easy, of course. It's Thursday night football. It's a short turnaround. It's a road game against a divisional opponent who's relatively talented. Right? Go in and win it, though. Go win it. It, it, This is the same old Lions, the team that can't make the playoffs. They go lose this game. If it's a team that kind of wants us to take them seriously, maybe just maybe they're in the postseason this year, you can go lose this game. But if you want to be somebody in the NFC, and I'm not saying win the NFC, but if you want to be someone, go in there and win this game. You're a two-and-a-half-point favorite. The market's moving in your favor, so clearly there's some news that's on its way that indicates either some of the injured Green Bay players won't play or some of the injured Detroit players will play. But we're now up to two-and-a-half when this game originally opened right around Pickham. Under Dan Campbell in year one, the Lions started 0, 10, and 1. They closed stronger. Year two, same thing. They started 1 and 6, and then they closed very strong. Small sample, because it's only been two years, but starting fast was of the utmost importance this year if you're going to win this division. And they have started fast. They're 2 and 1 with a home overtime loss to the Seattle Seahawks. So here's an opportunity to go to 3 and 1, looking at Minnesota in your division, they're 0 and 3 looking at the Bears in your division, who they're essentially 0-17, they're done, and then you take a look at Green Bay, and if you send the message tonight and move them to 2-2 two and two, while you're sitting 3-1 and one with the win, you are in control of a division you were projected to be in control of. Lose this game tonight. Don't expect us to take you all that seriously until further notice, because this is one of those measuring stick games for a team like Detroit. If the air is different, Carlin, if
0: this truly is a different team, you go to Lambeau, you handle your business on Thursday night. Absolutely. And, and the Bears were a team that we thought was somewhat on the come, and they have been awful oh. so far. The Packers, we just assumed with Aaron Rodgers being gone, were not going to be as good. Now, that may still not be the case depending on Jordan Love. We talked to Jen Latta about that a few minutes ago, but it's all there for the taking. It's all there for the taking and it's take... Control of the situation. Here's Dan Orlovsky on NFL Live on this very topic. Detroit's offensive line It's going to have to handle a defensive line
1: that can kind of go punch for punch with them. Yeah. But the way that Gary played last week, the way that Lucas Van Ness, the rookie out of Iowa, is playing, Kenny Clark, to your point, like this is a big-time challenge. And in many ways for me, it's really like the first measuring stick for the Lions. Hmm. And, mm-hmm. You know, yep. week one was great to go on the road and win. We all know what that game was like. The, no, the Green Bay right. right? The Packers have owned this division forever, and I know Detroit kind of had a say at the end of last year. Minnesota won that division. This is really the first time you got to go to Lambeau, and finally, you feel like you have the better football team, and certainly on the line of scrimmage. Yep. Like this is when Detroit kind of starts to take control of the division.
0: It's grabbed the division by the throat here. I mean that that's what it is, right? And a big part of that is the quarterback, Joe. A big part.
1: Jared Goff, you know, as Goff goes, so go the Lions, right? You can say that about a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL. Goff historically has had some trouble when he's outside the Dome Or when he finds himself in inclement weather, when he finds himself on the road, there are spots that have been troubling to him, especially when the weather drops. He's a Marin County kid, which for those unfamiliar with Marin County, it's just north of the Golden Gate Bridge in San Francisco. He went to Cal. He's played in moderate weather his entire career. Then he went to the Rams. Right. When you get him outside in bad weather, he performs very poorly. That's been his history. You're not going to have that situation tonight, but you are going to be outdoors on the road. Weather shouldn't be an issue in any way, shape, or form. But golf has the chance to be that guy that finds another gear. He's been more than competent for them, but he needs to step up and play big tonight as well. And we saw that in week one against Kansas City. He wasn't great by any stretch in that game, but he was good enough to win that game. And tonight you need to be good enough. I'd say the counterpoint, though... People have been sleeping on Green Bay since before the season started. We talked about this early on before the season got started and we were doing this show. I liked them. They were 5-1 to one to win the division at one point. 5-1. to one. That doesn't exist anymore. The, the thought process of Green Bay was, to your point, Rodgers is gone, so everybody checked out on him. Everyone yeah. just assumed quarterback was going to be a problem. Well, let's operate in a different world. Let's say to ourselves, what does Green Bay look like if they have competent quarterback play? And suddenly you look around and you say, well, the defense isn't that bad. There are some weapons on offense. Yeah. I guess if the quarterback play is, is competent or above average, maybe they could win some games. That's what we're seeing so far.
0: You know, they've talked about Watson. You were talking about him earlier about whether or not they're going to get him back. Dobbs, I, I also like Jaden Reed an awful lot from Michigan State. He's a good player. But I, I am interested in this for tonight. When we look at, as we mentioned, they are the fourth favorite in the NFC right now. San Francisco is basically two to one. Philadelphia, a little over three to one. Dallas, almost four to one. Those top three, and then you got Detroit at nine to one right now. Does that number drop if Detroit goes and wins tonight?
1: If it does, it's not by much. If it does, and so it you're
0: would. telling me that I can wait this one out watch and still get really good value if I decide I want to jump on Detroit.
1: You're not going to see them drop to like 6-1 to one because I don't think anyone believes they can truly stack up. If the NFC was weak, sure, but they're not weak at the top. The NFC is very strong at the top. The Niners and the Eagles look extremely formidable, and they've shown in the past they can be formidable. For Detroit, you still got to prove it. So this could drop a little bit. Maybe if it's 9-1 to one, it goes down to plus 850, but that would be more indicative of the fact that they are now 3-1 and one and they're ahead of the curve because they just played their Thursday night game. Uh. That's it. Beating Green Bay tonight is something they should do. You're not going to get credit for things you should do in the NFL.
0: i tell you what, just looking at what their schedule looks like, if the Lions don't win the division, I mean, they didn't deserve it in any way. I mean, you cannot go through this schedule is not that hard. I mean, you've got a lot of you've got a lot of NFC South. You've got the Raiders in there. You've got opportunities here galore to win this division. You better go and do it. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio.